The lumpy 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 Hi, I'm Natalie Mills. And I'm Sarah Stark. And you are listening to the Lumpy Mother's first ever bedtime after party episode. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and by bedtime after party, we mean we're going to cover topics that might not be PG rated. So you won't want to listen with your kids in the room just in case they pick up, you know, some new vocabulary. You definitely won't want them to shout loudly in public spaces. <laughs> Or have questions they decide to save until they're talking to the library volunteer who doubles as a social worker. (laughs) In this after party episode, we are going to discuss breastfeeding. (laughs) Yay. And instead of our usual yes, no, hello setup, today we're just going to be talking through all of the reasons we understand breastfeeding can be good or the things we like about it. So basically the yes of our breastfeeding... And then we'll talk about our nose, which, if you don't already know us, is going to be expansive. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not not to spoil anything, but we hated breastfeeding. And if you hate breastfeeding and choose not to breastfeed, you are not alone and you are not a bad mom. And don't forget, this is kind of your last chance right now if you accidentally started this in front of your kids. (laughs) Don't forget, there's a really good chance that we are going to say words of body parts like nipple, squirting nipple holes, cracked nipples, bleeding nipples, (laughs) nipple pain, useless man nipples, and many, many other uses of the word nipple. As well as words like breasts, (laughs) boobies. Milk jugs, hooters, knockers, <laughs> melons, fun bags, and tatas. <laughs> we will be using these loudly and enthusiastically with many giggles. <laughs> I know. I giggle. I think I giggle because I've never used most of those to ever I describe haven't either. Tatas, fun bags. I've like never milk jugs. referred to anyone's milk jugs. Yeah. I've definitely referred small. to them as cow udders because that's what I felt like oh, while yes. pumping. Also, any relatives who might find <laughs> yes. there's a little bit too much information to know about your blood relative, do not listen. I'm talking about you, <laughs> mom, dad, Adam, Ryan, <laughs> bosses. Yes. I'm going to spend a lot of this episode holding on to my boobs like this. <laughs> Just gonna be I'm, totally I'm just gonna, honest. Like, weirdly, know my boobs are there and be like hyper aware of them. All right. So before we get into the kind of good and bads of breastfeeding, Sarah, just give us like a summary of if and how and how long or whatever you breastfed your two kids. Yeah. So I before every my my eldest daughter was born, I was vehement. I was gonna breastfeed. I remember even getting like these really extreme scenarios in my head. Like if she, if for some reason I got sick, like we were gonna find a way that I was gonna breastfeed. I would be pumping. We were gonna like figure it out with the anesthesia. Like I had it. <laughs> Like this weird worst case scenario <laughs> thing in my head about how we're going to make breastfeeding work. Because I was just so sure that this was yeah. the most important thing I could do as her mom almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, so then she was born and we breastfed for a whole year. And I'm really proud of it because it was yes. so hard. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I look back and if I were to do it again, I would have stopped breastfeeding much sooner because of the terrible toll I took on my mental health. It was not good for me. But the reason I continued breastfeeding was because I thought it was the best thing for the baby. I thought I was giving her the best start. And then the more research, the more things I learned, you know, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today is why this is a no for us is because it's gone to the other extreme. It's been blown out into this other proportion. And moms who aren't breastfeeding because they just can't because it, it sometimes our bodies just don't work with us or we have low mm-hmm. supply or a pre, you know the baby was born prematurely and it just didn't work out with the pumping and and then those moms feel horrible afterwards and yeah. and I felt like I couldn't give in because I would be a bad mom regardless mm-hmm. of how much it was taking out of me and it really contributed 
I would say a large portion of my postpartum depression. With Evie, yeah, I I um, breastfed her for a year, and it was difficult and trying. And I I didn't enjoy much of it at all with her because she had colic, and she mm-hmm. cluster fed a lot. And um, I never really experienced the breastfeeding bonding or anything. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. enjoyable about it with her. With my son Franklin, who's now 10 months old, I breastfed for five months, but I had decided going into it that I was not going to be as hard on myself, that I, my goal was three months, um, and I made it yep. three months, and then I started supplementing, and oh, gosh, it was that was the best decision I could have made for myself. Um, and it was yeah. a bit of a different experience. I had more bonding from breastfeeding with him. He um, mm-hmm. was more of your... <laughs> standard baby who eat slept and pooped as a newborn um whereas yep. evie um she was born screaming and she didn't stop for a year so yeah yeah how about you so i i have four kids but um my son henry is adopted and my other three are my biological children so just to because i feel like i say these things a lot and then i like when my three others were whatever. Avalyn's my oldest. She is eight. And with her, I, you know, I don't think I put a ton of pressure on myself from the get go, which was probably worked in my favor um, because I don't know why I didn't, because usually I hold these weird expectations for myself, but I didn't. So for her, I breastfed for about six weeks and I didn't under I think the issue for me then was I did not understand how to succeed in breastfeeding. So I didn't know what I should be doing or what I might be doing wrong or correctly, which meant that we I was set up to fail. And when she when I like finally I could I had stopped completely stopped producing, it was very difficult for me to get any out at or <sighs> to get any milk at all. Um, and then she was frustrated, of course, because she's hungry. Um, and so then I did have a pretty rough breakdown simply because in my eyes, I the problem is we were also really into the walking dead when this happened. So in my head, <laughs> like you created a scenario, I did the same thing. It was like I, my one job at this moment is to feed my baby. If the world oh. ends, if there is a zombie yes. apocalypse, my baby will starve because I cannot breastfeed it. That was what kept. That's why I cried multiple times a day for about three weeks. You know, that's what really took me down. Um, and so with Harrison, I went in because I struggled so much and it was a lot of like production issues with Ava. Yeah. I when when I got when I had Harrison, who's. Harrison was my second pregnancy. And with Harrison, I, because I struggled with so much with Ava, I was like, I'm going to try. But if it doesn't work, I'm not going to be surprised. And that's going to be OK. So I think I made it almost three months with Harrison. I'll be honest. I don't remember 90 percent of his first three <laughs> like, months just yeah. because with two kids, I was so tired all of the time. But I don't remember feeling frustrated. or anything. I don't remember a lot of it. I'm, I'm just totally it being helps real you right from now. thinking about it, really, with the second one. You're just yeah. like, uh, this is I happening. Maybe okay. made it, yeah, I maybe made it two months, actually. See, I can't even remember because when I went back to work. I don't think I was still breastfeeding. Anyways, this is, I just like, honestly, I got, I was happy with what happened, however long it was. And then with Charlie, um, I wanted to do it as long because I did not have production issues with Harrison. It was more just like I hadn't committed myself fully from the beginning. (laughs) So I, and I just didn't have any emotional connection to like breastfeeding versus formula so i had no guilt there i don't know why maybe i don't know i know it's anyways um so with charlie who's my youngest he's gonna be two um because we had four kids and we were really financially struggling most of the time at that point i had kind of decided i'm gonna go as long as i possibly can simply because of financial for financial reasons because formula is so so expensive and then he ended up so i went I think I did go about three months with him. He was he had low blood sugar when he was born. And so I had to breastfeed and then pump after I breastfed. So what should have been like a 15 to 30 minute process took 45 minutes because of the pumping afterwards. So it was exhausting. And then um, so the low blood sugar thing was an issue. And then when I did start supplementing with formula, that's kind of what we did at 
at some point I was like, if I can do X many bottles a day, or I can, if I can breastfeed X many times a day, then we can do this many bottles and I'm okay with that. Um, but then he had like tummy issues and needed the super uh. expensive formula. It was a whole thing. So I am not a super successful breastfeeder, partially because I hated it, partially because my body wasn't. I'll talk about the reasons why it didn't work for me. But yeah, that's just my history with breastfeeding. Yeah. So. All right. So let's get started. Sarah, what's one of the things that is a yes for you about breastfeeding? All right. <laughs> It's complicated. They're all complicated, yes. Uh, health benefits. But as I have learned, it's not as expansive as you might think. Yeah. And I'm going to discuss that later in my nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> so all of my, like, the yes things that I listed are all just, like, logistically yes. Because yes, logistically, I feel like... Yeah. And I know that you're going to kind of talk about this later, but I just feel like there's a lot of bias that comes with a lot of the statistics about breastfeeding. And I understand, I absolutely believe in science and I'm not saying that like, I don't, I don't in some way, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of factors that sometimes doctors and everyone else forget when they push you to breastfeed. It's been blown out of proportion too. Yeah. A hundred percent. But we're talking about the positives. Yes. Positives. Honestly, the biggest yes for me the only thing that I can really think of that I loved about breastfeeding is that I did not have to wash any bottles when I was breastfeeding. Yes. And, yep. uh-huh. and even that was not always true because when I was pumping, I'd still have like someone else would be using a bottle. So then there's, but if I was staying home all of the time and breastfeeding exclusively and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. I love that there were no dishes because I just never have any. I don't have energy to do dishes now that all of my kids sleep through the night, (laughs) much less when I was up all of the time. And so having one less thing to think about in that way was awesome. And um, so that's like that's honestly the biggest pro for me for breastfeeding. But when you're pumping, um, you have all the pump parts that you have to keep clean. Exactly. (laughs) The milk storage bags you have to organize. (laughs) Yep. For me, another positive was bonding. If it happens, like this is, again, Mm -hmm. like a logistic. For me, it did not increase bonding. In fact, I think it made it worse. But we'll get to that later. (laughs) I love like they're just like little warm beans that kind of like don't. But I didn't have any colicky babies. And so I think that was a big part of it for me is that all of my babies were like happy for the most part. And they slept if I was holding them at least really well. And so I, I did have that attachment and there were every so often I did have a moment where I was like, I am incredible because my body can do this. Oh, you know? Yes. So mm-hmm. It is amazing what your body does. Yeah. Yeah. And I absolutely, I did have those moments where it was just like, I am so impressed with myself and I'm a superhero kind of thing. And that was kind of one thing, too, when um, my eldest, Evie, was born. It was so hard to know that you could trust your body. And breastfeeding was one way. Mm. like, no, it's going to work. You can trust it. Like, here it is. See? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a visual show of what your body's doing, even though you did just birth a child as well. (laughs) You know, created a baby. But it's an additional, like... (laughs) Yeah. And I do remember with Franklin, because he wasn't colicky, there was definitely some really great bonding. I remember you asking me how Mm -hmm. breastfeeding was going. I was like, actually, I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, Because, you know, before the cluster, he didn't. Evie came out cluster feeding the first night. She was on me all night. She she Mm. cluster fed. I don't I don't know if I wonder sometimes if she has stomach issues. She still seems to have stomach issues with the colic. Who knows what it was, but it was yeah. intense and it was awful. <laughs> but with Franklin, definitely had those really sweet bonding moments where it's just him and I and yeah, uh, that was special. Yeah. Oh, I thought of one another. <laughs> I didn't write this down. But for me, one of the biggest yeses was like when my youngest, Charlie, who's almost two, when um, I was breastfeeding him, it was like I got to excuse myself from the chaos of everything else, especially because <laughs> he was born in May. So the first few weeks were kind of rough, but then Nick is Nick was a teacher. So in June, he'd have 
two months off so he could be with the other kids. So it was like I got to excuse myself from all of the chaos and energy and go sit in his quiet room in the rocker. And I read so many books (gasps) that year. Yes. That was my favorite part with Franklin, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He'd feed and I'd read. And it was almost like... um, a meditation almost like just really quiet none of the kids came with me just because it was very boring where I was you know there's yeah. no tv or anything so that's that was absolutely a yes I absolutely had that with Franklin too I read so many books and for the first I think Ben was home two weeks but yeah those two weeks I would be upstairs until we could like finally make it downstairs because it takes a while but and I would just read and cuddle with him until he finally napped, and it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other yeses? Well, this one goes back to convenience, which is similar to, like, the bottles not having to wash. But there's also was this really nice point. I think it's, it took to, like, eight months with Evie, where you have breastfeeding down, and mm-hmm. it's so much simpler than making a bottle or having the bottles to wash. Yes. You just, like, pop out a boob, and she uh-huh. only feeds for, like, 15 minutes. Um, yep. But there were so many times with her where it was, I was her pacifier, you know, so it wasn't. Ugh. But there were moments yeah. where the convenience yeah. was really nice. And, Yeah. Yeah, And I think we should say, too, we all absolutely respect and support people breastfeeding, but it's just gone the other way. And so when we get into our no, I think it's important to be like, if you're out there breastfeeding, you rock and we're so proud of you because it's hard and you're amazing. But if you don't want to breastfeed, here's why we hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, well, I the last thing I had down for my like things that I enjoyed about breastfeeding was that in the middle of the night, none of us had to get out of bed. Of course, it was Mm. always me feeding, but it Mm -hmm. was so easy to just reach over to the bassinet and plop the baby out like nobody had to go. It, it that was really easy. But. See, I was so paranoid. I always got out of bed, but I would read a little bit in the middle of the night. But um, yeah, oh, like um, falling because asleep? I was so sure I, yes. I would fall asleep and smother him. Oh, so many ways they With- can die. There are, especially those first few weeks with uh, one of the, I can't remember if it was Ava or Harrison, but I would put them back into the bassinet, but you're so tired. So then I'd fall asleep and then I'd wake up thinking they were still in my arms and then I couldn't find them. Yes. And so, yes, yeah, that, that would happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, that's yeah. all that I have about the things I like to breastfeed. Yeah. Well, and then with Evie, I definitely... I don't know. I don't have a comparison, but I think I lost weight faster, like the baby weight with breastfeeding with Franklin. That was not the case at all. And I still have all the baby weight. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I've breastfed him for about five months. Did you eat more, too, though? Like, were you hungry more often? At first, especially. And then it kind of like tapered off. But at first I would like have to have all these granola bars at night. I was starving. Yeah. The only other thing that I can think of that was a positive for me was that it was free. That was. Yes, that's another thing. It does. It's a lot cheaper. Um, All right. Should we go into the major part of this episode? Why do we hate breastfeeding? (laughs) All of the reasons. It's terrible. If you take out the baby, why no one would ever do this themselves. (laughs) I know someone who adopted their first child and she did something with I don't know what she took or whatever, but she, after time and a ton of work, she had her body produce milk, even though it was not her wow. biological child. She's still breastfed. And That's she, incredible. I mean, to, in my eyes, simply because of that, she's a rock star. Yes. And I know she, I at least from what I saw, she loved it. And if you love it, amazing. amazing. So we are beautiful. so happy for you. We're so proud. So happy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the uh, the nights, the just it's the nipple scabs. I mean, <laughs> nothing but respect for all the super moms out there. I mean, I think breastfeeding, if anything, taught me how strong I was and how capable I was mm. because it was so hard, harder yeah. than and I ever could have imagined it being. But yes, let's get into the notes. This is the good part. This is a good part. You go first. Do you want to go first? Oh, okay. I'll go first. No, you. No, you. So the biggest one for me, 
Um, there were a t- I have a list of like 15 things here that I hated I about breastfeeding. So yes. Many. <laughs> but the biggest thing for me was that for nine months, I sacrificed my body in almost every way. My clothes, how I felt all of the time, the fact that I could and could not do things or eat things because I was pregnant. The clothes was always a big one for me because I love like expressing myself through fun clothes and there's there's just not the option for maternity clothes and they're super expensive so that was yeah, a, i always you buy a whole I, new wardrobe that you only wear for nine months mm-hmm. and i could never do that and so and um i just like i so i felt like a part of me was always missing and i wasn't quite as happy mm-hmm. as i usually was because i like bright clothes or i don't know anyways um yeah well you don't so feel for, as free to ex- express yourself no Exactly. So for nine months, I had you have to give all of these things up. And then when I was breastfeeding, it felt like that just continued. Like you feel like you're supposed to be at the end of the line and you're supposed to be able to have control over your own body and over your own things. And then all of a sudden you're breastfeeding and you still can't eat and drink certain things. Your clothes, like if you go out in public, it has to be accessible for the baby. So I still couldn't do like a dress with a high or, you know, it was just I hated that part because I always had to be thinking about it. Um, and so that was the major reason that I hated it was that I wanted control of my body back. I wanted to feel like I was yes. running my body and not this adorable little human anymore. You know, I wanted it to feel like it was mine again. That was huge for me. Totally. I, oh, I have had the same feelings, I tell you. And also leaky boobs in public and just like, Ugh, it's just a mess yes. all the time. <laughs> What's one of your like big no's for it? One of my big no's is the general pressure I felt to breastfeed. Um, I, I mm. really think beforehand, whether knowingly or not, that I kind of defined my worth as a mother based on my success in breastfeeding. And I I think that's something that a lot of moms struggle with. I think that, I mean, I've seen people who really just bend over backwards and sacrifice so much of themselves to breastfeed. And then if they're still not able to do it after all that work, after all that Mm -hmm. sacrifice, and they still can't do it, they feel like complete and utter failure failures and I feel that so hard too and I was fortunate that I didn't have supply issues and like Mm -hmm. um physically I was capable and able to breastfeed and so I'm Mm -hmm. thankful for that um but as far as my mental health is absolutely terrible for me but yeah the the pressure was just totally totally yes overwhelming um like and so this kind of ties into how it, it it's un, an unfair expectation and this goes to this is from emily oster and she's the person i'm going to be talking a lot about she wrote the book expecting better why the conventional pregnancy wisdom is wrong and what you really need to know she's an economist so she mm. did this from a numbers standpoint and she really looked at the data and how the studies were conducted and found a lot of very interesting things. But one of the things she found was that more affluent mothers have the resources and support to breastfeed because they have jobs that are willing to provide the time and breastfeeding rooms and breaks mm-hmm. um, for a woman to take the, the break she needs to pump, etc. Or you have a partner with the income to support the mom to stay at home and i think that was actually from a tiktok you sent me that a doctor spoke about well i think the tiktok that i sent you was um see i should have rewatched it but it was something about Mm. how um formula feeding for a while when when formula first kind of came out at least when because i remember asking my mom if she breastfed me or like what her yeah and she said that breastfeeding was kind of taboo when I was born and when you were so I don't know if maybe it was just you know she was living in Oklahoma so maybe it was just kind of no I think it was I think formula fed when formula first came out my understanding is that was really highly promoted and then the reason it got a bad rap is because it's promoted in an area of the world that did not have access to clean water and so when they weren't using clean water formula was really had very severe negative effects yeah but if you have access to clean water those effects basically disappear um but what i wanted to get to was there was an article on motherly um 
and it's it was talking about the, how the pressure the uh, to breastfeed and how dangerous it, dangerous it is to mental health. And it said the mm-hmm. so this goes so after formula became such a thing, it went to the other extreme, which it seems to happen so often mm-hmm. in history is it just flip flops between extremes for yeah. whatever reason. We o- and so we overcorrect it somehow. We overcorrect. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true yeah. in so many facets. So <laughs> then it flip flopped to breast is best, which was super successful. This is according uh-huh. to the motherly article. Um, but it has now created a maternal mental health crisis. And this is this. I would say this shocked me, except for that I had postpartum depression. And I totally get why this mm-hmm. pressure is so damaging. Uh, the, according to the article, a growing number of new moms are dying by suicide. And some of the fathers left to raise babies as single dads are speaking out about the role the extreme pressure to breastfeed can play in the, these fatal cases of postpartum depression. I didn't want to get too oh my sad word. because it then went in to tell a story about a mom time... who couldn't successfully breastfeed and then committed suicide. And it was just freaking... And you oh, get it because so the much. pressure is immense. It is. And then when you have postpartum issues on top of it, I, I just, well, and it's coming from it. everyone. It's coming from doctors who are supposed to have your best interest in mind. It's coming from maybe family. Like one of the things that I have written down is the fact that um, there a lot of people who don't know me or don't know me well feel like they should have an opinion about whether I should be breastfeeding or not, <laughs> yes. and make comments about it. For some, why do people think that it's appropriate? If you don't know, if you haven't seen my boobs, you should not be making a comment about whether I should be breastfeeding <laughs> yeah. or not. And I'm sorry. And so whether it's, not it's your family or friends or strangers and at the Ugh. store, like that was a big thing for me. And so because for so long we've pushed that breast is best, you're getting it not only from a healthcare professional, someone you're supposed to be able to trust completely, but from every other corner you're getting it from mom groups sometimes and yeah uh family and friends and and anywhere else Mm -hmm. and so it's just like bombarding you constantly and when you're exhausted and you already have postpartum depression which means that your brain might not be functioning as well as it usually does or as well as it should it means that you can't filter out what is true and what is not real sometimes exactly that's exactly what it's like you can't filter you don't have your filter anymore you'd believe all the things that are coming in and it takes over your body yes yeah and it's easy to take one comment from someone like oh you're not breastfeeding and change it into i am failing as a person and as a mother (laughs) because i'm not breastfeeding even if that's different not what they have to separate those two and that's so hard to do but you can't yeah yeah yes when When your brain is not functioning to capacity you can't separate that easily on top of everything you're going through as a mom just with the just on the hormone basis and the added pressure of breastfeeding on top of it is just it's it's a yeah a equation that's waiting to result in disaster and it has for too many people for too many yeah, that's moms yeah terrifying statistic Ugh. though I know. So, so yeah, the pressure to breastfeed. Yeah. I also feel like if we're talking about kind of like the conversations that you have with your doctor, this is really minor compared to that. But um, it did, it messed with me because it messed with my, like me doubting myself as a capable mother when I was breastfeeding those first few weeks when I was solely breastfeeding all three kids. And I'd bring the, you know, you bring them in a few times in those first few weeks to see the pediatrician. And when they would ask things like, how many ounces are they eating? And I couldn't tell them because I'm breastfeeding. And they know you're breastfeeding, but they would still ask me that question. It always bothered me so much because like, I have no clue. I have no clue. They eat until they're full. They're not like, I, I can't tell you, but they would always try to like almost, well, how many ounces do you think it is? I honestly, I could not even guess. A how number. are you and supposed so, to know that? And then I, I would feel, and then that, I would yeah. have this like, For wait, does moms. everyone else, can everyone else tell how many of their ounces they are? And Unless I just you're weighing their baby every time. No. Well, and that's what someone was like. If you weigh the baby before and afterwards, then you know how. And I would. you need wait, another thing to that? add to breastfeeding constantly? Right? No. That's a, I just, if I was really worried, maybe, but that's why I, that always really, really got under my skin because 
I I was I just like why it felt like so much pressure. And then I when they would kind of say things like, well, you can do this and find out as if it was something I was supposed to know or as if it was something that everyone else was doing and I wasn't yeah. for some reason. I that that messed with my head very big time. You know what? I think that I don't think the pediatricians mean to do this, but I think they're no. the worst when it comes to breastfeeding pressure. I think they they don't mean to, but they are focusing on the baby, which is what they're supposed to do. But in doing that, I felt more pressure for breastfeeding. Well, from a lot of people, but um, from our the pediatrician's office, um, mm-hmm. they, just because they're like, you know, that's the best thing for because the, they're thinking about the baby. That's the best thing for the baby and et cetera. And it's like, yeah. I'm dying over here. I was lucky, though, that uh, my mom was like all about like, honey, <laughs> just give them formula and i'm really thankful for that and i think that's because she came from a time that was i mean we were all pretty much formula babies Mm -hmm. we turned out okay i mean i think she breastfed us me for like six months i mean that's i think that's the national average most people make it to six months you would think it was so much longer based on how everyone so feel it feels like everyone is so gung-ho about it yeah did you start talking about the economists article about um like how those statistics are wrong oh yeah because i loved you sent me that at one point or we talked about it and i loved that whatever she said in there fascinating yeah so basically um she wrote i got a lot of this information from emily oster she's an economist and she uh, started measuring motherhood mm-hmm. through the lens of an economist through numbers and studies and really breaking down those studies and not just like taking them as a whole and seeing how yeah. worthwhile they were, how well done, how true. And she found some fascinating stuff. You have to check out her book, Expecting Better, Why the Conventional Pregnancy Wisdom is Wrong and What You Really Need to Know. I read it before having my son Franklin, and it really helped take the pressure off. Basically, what she says, this is mostly from the article on 538.com. It's called um, Everybody Calm Down About Breastfeeding, which is a perfect title. That is the best title ever. Basically, what she says is most of the studies that have talk about how breast milk is basically magical, um, Mm -hmm. how it's increases IQ to a significant, like insignificant amounts, right? Or um, helps with the immune system. They are way overstated. Children's IQs are directly correlated to mother's IQs. So you can't, Mm. basically you can't say that a child is smarter. It's very hard to make a causal statement that a child is smarter because the child was breastfed when a majority of women who breastfeed are wealthier and have mm-hmm. higher IQs because they they just have the ability to breastfeed, right? So all the studies are backwards, basically. The ones yeah. that show this big difference are also probably showing, like, just a difference in well, resources. sometimes, yes. You know? That's exactly what I was going to say is that in that, in, in that case, when she's saying that, it means that a lot of the kids that were breastfed, they have a parent who might be able to take off of work or whatever. They are if they come from a wealthier family, they can spend more money on extra school care. They can Mm -hmm. spend more time and energy on extracurricular activities where other families who may not. And um, so I I feel like it's more directly related to that. But for some reason, we're tying breastfeeding in there. Yes. Like we decided that breastfeeding was the cause of all these advantages. But it's so much more complicated than that. I mean, and it's so hard to just tie it, narrow it down to breastfeeding. So there was there was a study I remember learning about in school where um, like they forever they thought that ice cream caused polio because in the summer kids cases of polio would go up because it was something about had more to do with the heat (gasps) and kids being in close contact with each other but for a while scientists were saying like it's from air ice cream contributes to it because kids would eat more ice cream in the summer so technically those graphs would go up and down at the same time, but they are not related. And I feel like yes. maybe that's what I make children's IQ and breastfeeding is. That's what she's yeah. saying. That's exactly what she's saying. And it's such a good point. Um, and yes. also, it's it's not that, and especially in the United States, it's not that everybody knows that breastfeeding is supposed to be healthier. And I think every mom genuine, generally wants to try to breastfeed if that's what's best, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they 
they don't have the support. And that was yeah. a big, big thing um, in this article was like, no, what we need is support. What we need is yes. resources and support. Um, yeah. Because if, first of all, our maternity leave is laughable compared to other developed nation, developed yep. or whatever you want to call them, nations with wealthy nations. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there's higher percentages of higher breastfeeding rates in, in Scandinavia, for example, because they have year long maternity leaves. A year. You know, that's a correlation. Months. 12 months. Sometimes yes. like a large part of that is paid. <laughs> it's wild. Yes. With the support with Charlie, that was the only one where I was really in the beginning from the beginning kind of saying, all right, I want to make it to six months, which I didn't. But um, and that's OK. Um, but I told Nick beforehand because I don't think he understood how exhausting it is because I never made it that far. So I told him, like, listen, I need you to celebrate the little things with me here. I need you to be vocal about how proud you are of me every day and every week that I make it. It's a very big deal that you are supporting me through this because the more you support me, the more likely I am to continue to get through this. And so Well, I think I remember from my birth class that we did before having my my firstborn was Mm -hmm. they said support is like the number one indicator of how likely you are to be successful at breastfeeding. Yeah. I also think that with all of the um, the push for how like breastfeeding is the only good option for your baby. I think that's really harmful when you are an adoptive parent. And (gasps) I Henry was a toddler when he came home. But if you have adopted or if if you cannot a if you medically can't breastfeed for certain reasons, you already have guilt for something you have no control over. But B, if you do adopt and you can't breastfeed for that reason, I feel like there's all of this pressure that it's not even an option for you. And yet you are sucked into this so you're you feel like your first step adoption is extremely difficult and your first step is feeding your baby and you already can't do it technically the right way (sighs) so i feel like that language where like breastfeeding is the only good option for your baby is super harmful for people who are not birth parents And that's the thing too and that's another problem Mm -hmm. very like i love how you brought up adoption because that's such a true point um and that ties directly into what another thing i want to quote from emily oster the economist is that um the benefits of breastfeeding based on the studies that are, are way more legit and don't just focus on wealthy women because because wealthy women are, are in the majority for the ones able to breastfeed they are the ones that are studied mm-hmm. right so the studies can't be accurate on no how much breastfeeding is actually influencing these outcomes. So that's another point yeah. that comes along with this. And so the very few studies that do take into account economic location or whatever and randomize the mothers that are breastfeeding, those very few ones, they find virtually no difference between breastfeeding and formula. And the kicker here is they studied siblings one mm-hmm. some siblings <gasps> that were breastfed versus siblings that were not were formula fed zero difference see yes. zero Thank you. this is all Thank emily you. oster zero i love her i don't know but who she is but there, i love her i mean her okay so there were i should say there was there was one study that showed um cuz i mean there is a sh- like their bonding is a thing that's definitely mm-hmm. good and then i should say there are a few minor benefits <laughs> But they're so much more minor than our culture has blown them up to be. And the and yeah. that so this is her article. It says the only benefits of breastfeeding that could be confidently concluded were that babies had fewer gastrointestinal infections, mm. read less diarrhea, yep. and were less likely to experience eczema and other rashes. However, there were no significant differences in any of the other outcomes considered. These included uh, respiratory infections, ear infections, croup, wheezing, and infant mortality. The infant mortality one, I could have sworn that breastfeeding, and maybe it does, uh, decreases Mm -hmm. the chance of SIDS within the first three months. And that was a big reason Mm -hmm. why I wanted to make it three months. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I haven't looked into that from a different source. But according to this source, it does not... 
increase the chance of infant mortality. I don't think I've ever heard that. Oh, see, I don't know. I think it was my birth class or I've heard a couple places. Also with the IQ, um, this article says to quote that, again, these studies make clear that if you ignore differences across mothers, you can find... so. If you ignore the differences, you can find large impacts of breastfeeding on IQ. But when you compare within the same family between siblings, Mm -hmm. you reveal that the fact that it really doesn't seem to matter at all. That's amazing. There was a study done in the Journal of Social Science and Medicine compares siblings who were and were not breastfed on various health and behavioral outcomes, such as obesity, asthma, hyperactivity, parental attachment, compliant behavior. They found no impact of breastfeeding on any outcome. These sibling Mm -hmm. results also provide a sense of why less effective research methods would have shown impacts. The researchers demonstrate that if you simply compare breastfed to formula-fed infants, there are significant differences on virtually all outcomes because the mothers come from different backgrounds. However, once you compare siblings, uh, you no longer see any positive impacts of breastfeeding. That's towards IQ. There are the minor ones um, in in regards to immune. I feel like the IQ is the one that people that I had always been like kind of hammered into my head was that something, you know, your baby's going to be smarter or something or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, So that's amazing. I love hearing that. Isn't that Can we take a second and just complain about trying to breastfeed in public? (laughs) Um, absolutely, because Can boy, I, do I have some stories for you yes. and how awful it is. Okay, here's the thing. There's how can you how can you have this both in American society? How can you do this? I'm holding my hands up because I'm so like confused. You yes. can't breastfeed in public, but you have to breastfeed. Yes. It's disgusting. Thank you. But it's the most important thing you can do for your baby. What is this, America? Leave me alone. Well, I just you're me. Yeah, I just view my boobs and shut up. I know that that's the thing. So uh, I know this is real petty, but I don't even care. Just like, no, I just want to complain about how horrible it is because it's awful. Everything about it. I had. So Charlie was born in May, which meant that I was breastfeeding in some of the hottest parts of the year here. And it gets so humid here. So if I was if we were like at the outlet mall or at the beach or anywhere in public and it was 93 degrees with an 85 to 95 percent humidity and then I had to breastfeed. Not only is he about to die because you could, as a three week old, he's sweating so horribly. Which is so dangerous for them. uh, Yes, but it was almost like excruciatingly hot. I hated all that. And then I hate smelling like milk whenever I'm in public because you're just constantly like your body. (laughs) You just smell like it no matter what. I hated all of that stuff. I had to go back to work and breastfeed like working and breastfeeding is so unbelievably difficult. And, um, and so I, the problem is that Charlie was born in May and the biggest event that I am in charge of at work (gasps) is the first week of June. So I, it was a really weird thing. Um, (laughs) but so I took about two weeks off if that, and then I had to kind of go Mm -hmm. back to work, but because my work is very family friendly. So he came with me 95% of the time and all of these things, um, which was, it worked out fine. And then after that event, I took like two months off, but um, I had to pump all of the time at my work. I work at a church where we have a very comfortable breastfeeding room. So I had that benefit, but it still felt like such an inconvenience it's like a room I can lock the door but we would have the event it starts at six o'clock and I knew I it's it lasts two and a half hours so I have to breastfeed at a certain point but right before the event starts is the most hectic part so as everything's getting crazy I have to walk away and pump or breastfeed yes. and, there and then was you're always stressed like this, which doesn't let the yes. milk come out it's like this terrible yeah. contradiction like why and I was body, always why? like <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm really sorry guys but I have to go breastfeed real quick you it feel always like felt you're an really added weird. burden yeah, yes. even if they're supportive, I, it's yeah. It's I hated all of that. I it was just it was not it was not okay for me, and so I I hated everything about breastfeeding in public. And um, <laughs> like when all. Nick Nick worked at an elementary school, he was the only male teacher in the entire school, and someone breasts or had to pump when they came back to work, and they had to do it like in a supply closet, and there's a sign uh, on the door. So common, not, but still, yes. 
Yeah, so you're expected to breastfeed for a year, but you get six weeks of maternity leave, which means that if we do the math here, you're pumping at work and yet it's not standard to have an actual room for that. I just know by law, you're supposed so to, but they don't. And then what are you going to do? Complain and lose your yes. job? Like, no, it's yeah. terrible. Well, and then on top of it, that's a job that gives you breaks and benefits and things. What about a yes. job when you're working at McDonald's? There's no way or <gasps> yes. any other kind of retail, something like that, where you're mm. doing hourly. I don't remember ever getting a break when I was a, a waitress, ever. Oh, no. And if you no. did, it was, no, no. Like, like legally you're supposed to. But Unless no you I smoked. Mean, they cannot if you smoked, they got a smoke break. No, but you're right. If for serving, oh, yeah. there's no, there's literally no built-in there's break. no break. No, no. And then I mean, let alone. Oh, there's no way you're getting. I don't even know how long. No. Thirty minutes, if you're lucky, to really get a good amount of milk. No, I can't even imagine when I was still serving, trying to ask my manager. I have to step out to go pump. They'd for give you a look, minutes. and you know it was a no. There's just you like, would have n- you really think this is going to work? I don't think I ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. It's almost like it's not an option for certain jobs. And that, no, ugh, that's not fair either. It no, makes it me so mad. Me. All right. Public oh, breastfeeding in public. I got some stories for you. I want to hear them. Okay. Um, one of my worst, absolute worst experiences was Evie was only about a month old because it was Mother's Day. And my mom was in mm. town, so we went to the rhododendron gardens in Portland. Well, I hear they're beautiful, but I've never seen them. Um, so it was <laughs> oh, really no. hot. Yes. So it was really hot. And I just like, I don't know. I was like, oh, we'll find shade. We'll figure it out. But Evie had colic. And so she was already, mm. she was always screaming. Um, mm. And so we get out and then it's just too hot for her. And she starts screaming, screaming, screaming. And the only thing I can think to do is to breastfeed her. And so it's really, really crowded, really, really busy. Mm. Um, and we kind of walk in the beginning and it's like this sidewalk that kind of meanders down, you know, to get to whatever the rhododendron gardens look like. And um, about like <laughs> one length of that walkway down, there's a rock. And so I stop and I'm like, okay, we'll breastfeed here. And I put my shawl on and I'm like over engorged, oversupply, mm-hmm. trying to get her to latch, but she's way too hot. Cause it was like mm. 90 some degrees. And then there's so mm. many people walking by. I'm oh. new to breastfeeding it's, yes. I'm sweating like wild. I'm so stressed out and she's screaming and screaming. And mm. I th- I think it's a common thing in colicky babies, but they don't ha- even a newborn scream is it's loud. Right. But colicky yeah. babies have a next level scream where other yeah. people think something is wrong. People will be like, oh, my God, is she OK? Yeah. That's just how she cries because she has mm-hmm. colic. And um. So I'm trying to latch her, and because I have oversupply, I have two little milk, uh, what do you want to call them, streams? Like streams? Squirting out. <laughs> oh my gosh, so it's a narrow walkway, right? And I'm on the corner on the rock, constant people flowing by me, and then through my shawl underneath it, milk, two like hose it feels like whole squirts of milk are just coming out and coming out like streams. I mean, and it's hard not to notice. And so people, I would see them look at me and they hear the baby crying and they'd like, see, they'd see the milk like spurting out. And it was awful. It's funny now, but it was like horrifying. I know. I feel bad laughing because that had to be one of the worst experiences ever, no, honestly. It is so funny. Oh, it was terrible. The, but it's funny. The hilarious only reason, now. Um, well, the only and thing I funny about it is the milk just like going haywire and oh, it like and it had a mind really of its own. Go, I mean, if you could yeah, see right it's now, got some I got my hands on my boobs pointing out. See? Like it would just go <laughs> like gush. But like a, but a very, very Distance gust. I mean, I would yeah. say that my my milk gushes <laughs> would squirt a good three feet. I mean, at least one. Like, there's one. There's like, okay, so now I'm using both of my fingers to like point in different directions to show the <laughs> angles of the milk squirts. So, so you know, it, milk comes out of multiple holes on your nipple if if you weren't sure. Yeah, um, that's a good and lesson. And so I got I got one that's going at least three feet. 
And uh-huh. I mean, people were probably walking into the milk because it was so <laughs> narrow. You totally got breast milk on a few people. I they totally... went home and they were like, what is this weird stain? It's like greasy kind of. It won't like... come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. It's antibacterial. So. We went to a wedding when Charlie was about a month old and... We were there forever, so it's a long day. Nick was in the wedding, so it was a really long day. Oh, yeah. And so, (laughs) on the way home, (laughs) because I'm... If you haven't learned this about me yet, I'm sometimes a difficult person for my husband in particular. (laughs) (laughs) So, I had, like, one of those, like, hand pumps just for the car that I'd use every so often. And so, he's driving, and it's late, and I'm tired and just feeling goofy, so... (laughs) Every so often, I would turn and I'd squirt him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Extra benefit of breastfeeding. Milk gun whenever you need it. Because that stuff goes far. Did you get him in the eye? (laughs) He was so mad at me. The first time he was like, what the? What was that? And then he realized it. Just that reminds me of the times I squirted Evie all over the face when I was like engorged. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, there was a time I was in a support group. Um, it's called Baby Me. It's wonderful. And I have so many friends from that group. I love it. But I, you know, everyone was very open and you and it was very comfortable mm-hmm. to breastfeed there because, you know, mm-hmm. you just whip out a boob and everyone's used to it. Um, well, I was breastfeeding Evie and then like she unlatches and it was my turn to talk. And we'd actually mm-hmm. do highs and lows, which is so funny. <gasps> Here we That's are. so funny. Is that great? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was my turn to do my highs and lows for the week. And yeah, she unlatched and then there, my my boob milk is squirting. And then it also just covered her face. Like I just shot it all <laughs> into her eye and she's just like, ah, and then covered in <laughs> milk spray. My no is this moment. <laughs> my low is right now. You know, like so this week I was at a support group and my boobs started squirting everybody and <laughs> as well as my young it, infant daughter. It turned into a sprinkler moment. Yeah. Just... Oh, I had a lot of sprinkler moments. Oh my gosh. Uh, there was there's so much milk at our last apartment. <laughs> Don't ever tell the current residents. <laughs> if you get a black light out, it's not blood, it's all breast milk. It's breast milk. Don't worry. It's <laughs> it's not blood. It's not uh, sexual ex- excrement. <laughs> <laughs> it's breast milk. It's breast milk. <laughs> Did you have issue latching issues ever, or were you like? No, I was pretty lucky. Pretty well, good. at the beginning, I don't know yeah. anyone who doesn't. You know, I had that's a nipple blisters. Okay, they Here's like came the thing. up, and I had bleeding and cracking. Oh, oh, that's so horrible. It was really painful. The cramping, yeah, the cramping the oh, first. Oh, and the I totally cramping the second. With Franklin, the cramping was way worse. I forget. Yes. You forget about all these things because you're so yeah. tired. Oh, but that it was would real be painful like, with Franklin. With Ava, um, when I breastfed, I remember it burning. And then I'd say, like, why does it hurt? And she was like, if it hurts, you're doing it wrong. Sorry, that was my impression. Oh, I loved all of annoyed. my nurses, oh. except for because then I was then I thought I was doing something wrong when, in fact, it was just like because it was my first kid and my body was adjusting to it. Well, but even she kept with the saying, second kid, I had cracked nipples and blisters because it ta- it's yeah. an adjustment figuring out the latch. And then once yes. you do, I felt like the first couple of weeks, like I expected after Evie, I expected to have mm-hmm. like issues with my nipples, nips. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I thought because it would hurt like the suction i don't know it wasn't the latch it was like the milk itself coming out those first few times was painful and the letdown she would like yes yeah and so she would tell me that that was wrong and then i think i was so there i had so much doubt for for ava well that was the other thing you get so much advice when you're in the hospital i I mean they all meant well but there was just so much different advice i had no idea and i had blisters and cluster feeding and it hurt and then bleeding yes oh I am um, my nipples don't point out far enough. And so oh, what do they call like that? Inverted, Not inverted. inverted. Yeah. Which yeah. inverted makes it sounds like they go backwards and they don't do that. But so I had to yeah. get one of those cap or like the covers. Oh, Have nipple you seen those? shields. Nip, 
The yeah, shield. The yes. Shield. Thank yeah. you. So the pros about the shield was that I didn't get blistery or chapped or bleeding at all. But when Ava was born, we had a beagle and he would eat them whenever he could. And so it would be it those first six weeks when I breastfed her, if it was two o'clock in the morning and he ate it, Nick would have to run to find one somewhere oh my because gosh. She, because i was like no we can't give her a bottle because i'm supposed to be breastfeeding right but she won't latch without one so then she's screaming in bed while nick drives around our Ugh. our town looking for one i just remember so we had to finally we had a special um like plastic container we'd put it in oh but, that's yeah, I, yeah i had to use still, that for all of the kids awful. yeah oh, I and hear, it, it did yeah. protect me from some of the pain but yeah yeah i don't know Ugh, that's rough i hated yeah. when people said that it wasn't supposed to hurt and i i from all the stuff i'd read before having evie um it mm-hmm. was like you know breastfeeding's not supposed to be painful but they don't tell you that the during the learning curve and that's another one of my know is is yes. the learning curve that it yeah. is very painful because it takes mm-hmm. forever for you both to understand each other and learn the latch and yep. um and I remember telling my mom this. Um, I was like, well, they, well, she had suggested, and this is kind of old school, like to prepare your nipples by like rubbing, um, like, yeah, um, like a washcloth across them. And that's what she did oh! before we were born. I know. Ow. Ow. And <laughs> even, I know, even it. if that worked for her and she swears it does, that's fine. But I could not bring myself to do it. Because no, I was like, I'll just deal with it when it comes, like if it's supposed to hurt. But also I had read in all of my books that it wasn't supposed to hurt. And I told my mom that after she gave this advice and she just went, ha! (laughs) Like my mom's a very sweet person. She's like, ha! Ha! (laughs) And that's all she said. And like, I remember being annoyed at first. I was like, I'm just reading books and trying to figure this out, mom. And then when it happened, I was like, you were right. This hurts so bad. Do you remember trying to take a shower and facing the shower head and Mm. just how like I, oh, that was a really specific kind of pain. Yeah. See, I'm whole, I'm covering my boobs right now because I remember the pain. So one of the other like emotional things that I hated about it was that I was bitter all of the time when I was breastfeeding towards Nick because um, I hated that he could not help at all in the middle of the night. And then I would get like really angry about that, even though rationally, this is not his fault. It's not his fault that he has useless nipples. It's man nipples. Yeah. Yeah. But when when I've been up all night long. It doesn't matter. I was I was angry a lot of the time at him just because yeah. of something he couldn't necessarily control. Mm-hmm. Or like he should know that I can't eat right now or he should like he should be mm. able to read my mind like I am stuck here. And Ben, yes. oh gosh, he tried he, he did such a good job. He worked so hard, but um and then yeah, that's my other no is that you don't have any help at night if you're only breastfeeding. Mm, yes. And that, that was, was a huge had huge negative so, effect on my mental health huge yep. the exhaustion you cannot physically be up eight nine times a night Mm-mm. and then deal with a and, colic and function baby the next day and function no. and and no. not dive into a deep depression as i did you know like you just like mm-hmm. i just became this like ugh, like almost a zombie where i just went through the motions and then the only time i wasn't when it was when i was trying to interact with my daughter because i yeah. wanted to be that good mom so bad and i am but i didn't need to sacrifice myself in that way when we when i stopped breastfeeding and nick started taking every other feeding at night um or even during the day it was amazing for me and it made it really helped balance out especially with ava when i was having a lot of feelings of guilt and, and like panic almost honestly panic was a part of the emotions that i had at that point it like the fact that I was sleeping more and that he was able to be hands on helped me out a lot. It helped oh, balance that. Yes. It also helped set his expectations of what he was supposed to be doing as a father. That's what Whereas I was before say. it was like I was yeah. doing 99% of the work. And mm-hmm. so when it was a bottle, it meant that he had to do, you know, a lot of it as yes. well. Even if you And had I work think the that's another day. thing is like right when you enter motherhood, you set up this expectation whether your husband's like this or not or it means to happen that the mom's gonna do 
all this work. And I feel like mm-hmm. it does. It just becomes this this imbalance for that first year or however long you breastfeed mm-hmm. feels very yes. imbalanced. And then it's really hard 100%. to come back to equal after a full year of that. Um, and not that the husband necessarily means that to happen or or, or the no. partner or whatever, but it just yeah. it ha- ha- tends to happen that way that you become so in charge of the feeding and then it leads to nap time mm-hmm. because nap time is associated with feeding that you become the primary caregiver in such a way yeah. that it's hard to leeway that and, and like start to siphon off that responsibility in a more equitable manner. And then it made it harder for me to emotionally connect with Nick. Like, and I didn't breastfeed yeah. for very long, but yeah. because it was like I was experiencing all of these things and he was not at all. It like mm-hmm. he didn't understand what I was going through, so I couldn't connect with him in that way. And part of that, too, was because I was breastfeeding all of the time. I did not want to be touched by him at all because mm-hmm. my body at that Huge point, I felt part. like a cow. I told Nick that all the yes. time. Like, I, I felt I, like a cow I feel functional. That's exactly yes, what I said. I, <laughs> yes. I feel like a functional, like a farm animal right now. Yes. I so no, I just don't like want you're you just to... here to provide food. Yes, and that's yeah. like that's your whole worth is built up into that, and motherhood is so much more complex, and so is yes. your personhood and your individuality, yeah. which matters your too. Human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes into another thing, like being touched out. Oh, <sighs> my skin would crawl. Yes. Cluster feeding, my skin would just crawl. Mm. Sometimes I would have to scream because I, it was like never ending, and then all the milk would be gone, and she was. Or the baby was just still, still latched on, sucking, yeah. sucking, sucking. And I didn't care about latch anymore at that point. And there was a time where I literally just like held her ears and just screamed. Like, mm-hmm. and um, it was rough. <laughs> Cause, and horrible. then you also become a human pacifier, you know. Um, yeah. Abby never took a bottle or a pacifier. So it was just me. And that was rough. Like, even if we wanted to supplement, we couldn't at uh, around six months or so. Um, I can't. Yeah. So just for anyone out there who might be pregnant, how did you change that then the second time around to make sure? I inter- that Franklin- so the, I tried to follow every recommendation, every single thing by the book for breastfeeding with Evie. And one of the mm-hmm. major things was do not introduce a pacifier or a bottle until three weeks That's one of those horrible advice things. It was the worst advice I could have ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, introducing a bottle early. I'm I'm not going to say there's not potential negative effects if you want to be successful breastfeeding, especially because it depends on the individual. Everyone has a different experience. Everyone has a different experience. My experience is the best thing I could have done, giving Franklin that pacifier as soon yeah. as he was out, like pretty much yeah. he breastfed and then he got a passy and we introduced a bottle right away and it was great. <laughs> I also That's didn't awesome. go through uh, with Evie. We had a really hard couple, like five days before my milk came in and she just screamed because she was hungry. She screamed and yeah. screamed and screamed. She was starving. And my yes. milk didn't come in. My milk didn't come in. Um, with Franklin, we gave him some formula and I pumped. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. prob- maybe didn't work as well. My supply was definitely not on par with where it was with Evie, but it was worth it for my mental health. I, I, mm-hmm. my, my recommendation is just be kind to yourself. Don't put that much pressure. Don't you matter too. I think it's mm-hmm. with breastfeeding for me, it was all the focus on the baby and I forgot about myself and uh, I needed to take better care of myself to be a better parent. If there's anything out there, like if you are out listening to this and you are struggling with breastfeeding right now or you are afraid about not being able to successfully breastfeed, I think that what you just said is the most important thing that a new mom or a pregnant mom can hear. You matter too. Yeah. Yeah, you matter too. It's not just about your baby's health. It's about your health and your mental health Uh is a big part of that. Because your baby's so, going to be fine, more than fine, yes. actually pretty much on par with breastfed babies. And I'm not yeah. saying don't breastfeed. I'm not saying, you know, do what works for you, but don't kill yourself to make something work that's, exactly. that's hurt, hurting you to that extent. I think we kind of covered all the bases. <laughs> do you have any more to add? No, we literally talked about every single thing on my list. So that's it. That's our first 
bedtime after party episode. Oh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I hope that you guys all enjoyed this as much as we did. So as we wrap up our first bedtime after party episode, we want to hear from you. Please email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and tell us, um, do you, did you hate breastfeeding too? What are your breastfeeding horror stories? Or tell us why you love breastfeeding. Yeah, we, we want to hear that too. included here. I know that we told, but it's not nothing personal. <laughs> we love and support you, I promise. Yes. Absolutely. Um, we hope that you like what we talked about today, whether you love breastfeeding or not. Um, and yes. if you did, there are a few really important things that you can do to help others find us. You can hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate and review us, which is huge. But the most important thing of all is to share us with someone else who you might think are, enjoy our show. This episode Especially if you have anyone who's pregnant for the first time or who is struggling with with breastfeeding yes. and you don't really know what to say to them. I mean, definitely send them our way with this episode. Oh, my gosh. I, feel like, I know. I hope we can yeah. reach someone out there who's feeling that pressure and can hear yeah, two moms experiences that are just like, nope, we're going against the grain. Um, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Lumpy Mother Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at Lumpy Mother Pod One. And we can't wait for you to join us next Tuesday again for our normal kid-friendly episode and a new round of yes, no's, and hellos. Yay. We'll see you Yay. then. Bye. Bye.